Welcome to Bougie Boo, the podcast hosted by a brother and sister from another mister. I'm David. I'm Cam. Thank you for listening as we talk about Black culture, Asian culture, pop culture, 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 and quite frankly, anything else we want to talk about. How's it going, Boo? It's good. I am happy that the rain has stopped momentarily. Well, <laughs> see, I, I don't like that. I enjoyed the rain. I enjoy the rain too, but okay, so... I was asked to record a Spotify commercial for our campus, which I know I was super excited and I recorded it just right before we're recording right now. And I had to walk to the recording studio, but it was raining hard (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm doing this to advertise, get some more students in, but gosh, it's cold. It was coming down hard and it had that breeze. So it was like that sideways rain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that happens out here a lot. You know, I'm Forrest Gump when he's explaining the different <laughs> rains and he's like the big old fat rain, <laughs> singing rain. This was sideways rain. <laughs> no, that it was so sideways last week. I had my umbrella at a slant almost, uh, I don't know. You know, this is why I, you need math in the real world and you need to learn your math people out there because... <laughs> I want to say like a 30 degree angle, but maybe that's wrong, but it was very angular. You're not wrong. You, you know, your, your math and you work in tutoring. So I was was like, cause I'm Asian. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Stop it. (laughs) No, because you work in tutoring and I'm pretty sure your estimation is accurate. I'm trying to support you. Thank you. (laughs) You know, what's funny is when I do my presentations on campus for the students, and I'll tell them the importance of going to see an advisor. Uh-huh. Because when I was an undergrad, I never did until the very end when they forced me to see one. And there are all these things I learned that, you know, from the advisor, there were classes I took that I didn't need to take. Mm-hmm. There are classes I still needed. I was like, oh my gosh. But, you know, so I ended up finding out that I took way more math than I needed to take. And I tell the students, this is why you need to see advisors. And I said, I may be Asian, but I hate math. <laughs> You're an anomaly. <laughs> I know. So, but that that always gets them. Well, it's interesting because now there's such an emphasis and focus on seeing your advisor and advising. But I had the similar experience. I never saw an advisor. You yeah, know who my advisor was? Hard for that. No, shout out to my older sister because oh. she, had, she went to school. So you know, I was able to kind of like pick her brain because I remember. I was interested in going to summer school and I was like, oh, I can take this computer science class. And she's like, do you need that? (laughs) (laughs) So you benefited from having somebody who's gone through that experience in higher ed. And I think that's the problem for a lot of our first gen students. Mm -hmm. They don't have anyone paving the way for them and they have to learn and there's no one to guide them besides an advisor. And then first of all, there's no one to tell them to see an advisor. Exactly. So it's difficult for our first gen students. And yeah, there was no one there guiding me either because my parents did not finish college themselves. And so they really didn't know how that system worked. They just knew that they had to get me into college. Go to school. Yeah, pretty much. So I don't, you know, and then they weren't helicopter parents where they like hovered over me and came to campus with me for everything. No, my parents either. I don't think my parents ever saw my grades. (laughs) I mean, when you're in college, if you're 18 and over, you're an adult at that point, but it's like, well, you know what you got to do. 
Yeah, to we got FERPA classes. too. I mean, True. FERPA won't allow uh, the school to share any grades with parents. Mm-mm. So that's interesting. But now it's like we do have the experience of the helicopter parents and we have to kindly remind them that your child <laughs> is an adult. I will talk to them and they can relay the message to you if they want. <laughs> well, you know what I do is when a parent talks to me and asks me a question and their child is standing right there. I only look at the child and answer the question. I don't look at the parent. <laughs> yeah, because it's pertaining to them yeah. and their education and, and their college journey. So, well, well, I understand a parent's struggle because a lot of times their their child would not be at the school if it weren't for them pushing them to go. But then you need to examine how badly does your child want to be there? Because if they don't want to be there and you're not there to push them the whole time, they're not going to put the effort in. No, not at all. Which reminds me, this is not a neighbor bait update, but I was talking <laughs> to my neighbor and he has a daughter currently in college. And he was saying that, you know, he FaceTimed her and she was laying down and he's like, get up. We're paying too much money. I'm not paying for you to lay down. And she had to remind him that it was spring break. <laughs> so he sounds like he could be helicopter ish. <laughs> So, but um, yeah, recording the commercial, going back, we were on a little tangent there, but I had a good time. It was a good experience. Um, I recorded alongside a current student. So that was nice. So it was myself, an alum, a black woman, and then a black man, who black young man who is a computer science major. So um, I hope to receive that recording soon because I'll share it with you, boo. And then of course, if I hear myself on Spotify, I'm a geek out. Yeah. <laughs> It's always interesting to hear yourself, like even with our podcast and I heard ourselves first for the first time streaming out there. That was very interesting. <laughs> but you smiled. I know I smiled. Oh, I did. I, I was like, oh my God. We're... But it's also interesting in the sense that you're putting a little bit of yourself out there to be judged or or picked on by people or, and at the same token appreciated, hopefully. Yeah. But, you know, we knew what we were in for when we did that, but it was just fun and now there's a piece of us out there, you know. Forever. Yeah. So <laughs> if we pass on, at least my voice is out there in bougie boos. Haunting all those haters. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know who else is probably on Spotify, boo? Who, boo? Twice. Yes. You know, K-pop group twice yeah you know they are and actually it's funny that you say that because i think they have the record for most streams from a k-pop group i think they have passed in this past january they passed three billion streams good for them so um but the other cool thing is i got tickets to go see them congratulations thank you So, and well, in the past, yes, go ahead, Boo. Oh, I was going to say, we had an impromptu meeting in, in the student union, and you got the notification that you won the lottery. So I remember, like, you were happy, and I was like, you're going to get them tickets. Yes, and thank you, Boo. <laughs> Your positive energy help. I got them. But what also helped is Ticketmaster's got a new anti-scalping procedure. And apparently it works because I didn't have the frustrations and the headache I've had, like I've explained on previous podcasts about getting tickets. Mm-hmm. And for uh, much smaller concerts, this was a larger concert. Um, but so what they did was you got sent an email if you're interested. Um, I think I got, and I don't remember why I got my email or they just sent it, maybe Ticketmaster just sent an email in general, but 
twice ticket tickets are coming up if you want to be uh, able to purchase tickets you have to enter a lottery mm-hmm. and then if you get selected from the lottery they will send you another email stating that you've been selected and then they'll give you a unique code that you will need to use on the day of the sale okay and so i you know the day that i was hanging out with you i got the uh email that no actually i got a day before i got the email that i was selected for the sale and then I just got my warning to go hurry up and buy my tickets. <laughs> well, in terms of my calendar setting. So. Hurry up and buy. Yeah. <laughs> but when I got into the system and logged in, did all the stuff, and then when it came to the point where you had to select your seats, then you had to input the code they gave you. Okay. Then once you did that, it opened up all the seats. So I think that was their way to stop these um, bots that scalp go that scalpers use to buy like buy rows and sections and things mm-hmm. like that because and each, them. yeah each yeah. Um, bot or whatever would need a unique code which and then have to input it so I guess that's the way they they're stopping them but it was nice once I got into the system because once I was in there I was able to you know I was trying to hurry because I don't know how quickly this people snatch snatch up tickets but. It gave me more time to look at various sections that I was considering and considering the prices and my options and, you know, how much I thought I wanted to pay or what the view would be. And so I ended up getting a decent tick, a couple tickets and didn't have to go to secondary market and pay three times as more for them. Mm -hmm. Because actually, I think I got really nice tickets that were pretty good views of the stage. And they're only a hundred dollars each. Oh, that's not bad yeah. at all. Yeah. And that's including like ticket fees and all that. Yeah, extra. with the the ticket fees and everything. <laughs> the two tickets, you know, with without ticket fees, it was like one not one ninety eight, right? If I just paid flat, but then with the fees and everything, it came out to almost two fifty. Okay. Yeah. See, and I I can remember when tickets on Ticketmaster, it would just be like one flat fee, and yeah. then like as years passed, it was like a fee for this and then a waste fee and then if you want the tickets mailed to you it's another fee but you can print them at home for free and then you can expedite i'm like okay ticket master you're getting a little crazy (laughs) with all these fees yeah someone needs to regulate them again yeah i had a similar experience so when beyonce tickets went on sale Mm -hmm. and it was the same thing you had to like apply to get on the wait list or something or a verified fan and it was a couple different groups you could try to apply to get tickets for. I really didn't follow through with it. I'm a fan of, of Beyonce, but I'm not like, oh my God, I got to go to the world tour, you know? Yeah. So um, congratulations to everybody who got tickets because I just never received a special code or anything. And oh, I was like, well, dude. I tried, but whatever. <laughs> Maybe I'll take that money and go on a trip or something. So Well, it's funny that you say it that way, Boo, because I was reading stories about how Beyonce's tickets were so expensive in her American dates that it was cheaper in the UK. Wow. And people were booking trips with hotels and airfare and the Beyonce tickets, and it was still cheaper for them to do that, see her in UK than in America. And they can get a whole European trip out of it. Yeah. (laughs) Queen B. See, and I mean, that's smart. That's something that I would do. Why not? Because it makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you're a traveler like I am, it's like, why not hop on a plane, go see Beyonce and and go jet setting around Europe? Sounds like a plan to me. Sounds even better. (laughs) I was like, I'd just be laughing at the people who paid that much to see her in America and they're just stuck in America. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Sad day. (laughs) <laughs> Sad day, America. 
So, oh, okay. Well, um, enjoy the Twice concert. I can't wait to hear your review and how your experience was on there well, or in you. there in the concert. Not yeah, I'm sure I love it. They have <laughs> such they have such great hits. It's going to be just nonstop hit. And I had to say, I I can't say bangers. Not everyone are, every one of them are bangers, but they're going to be great songs one after another and I'm, I'm gonna enjoy that well not a concert per se but you mentioned boo that i should watch a couple of trailers i did i did <laughs> for joyride and the blackening uh-huh. so i watched <laughs> the joyride it's funny because okay so I, when i typed in joyride a trailer came up oh the horror it, movie well, it was it was not a horror movie. It, it was a middle aged white woman <laughs> driving around the countryside with like this white boy. Well, you and, know, I would not have recommended that one to you, Boo. I was so confused because I'm like, it does not look like a movie that my Boo would watch. And why is he telling me to watch this? <laughs> and after like a minute in, I noticed that the movie came out in December 2022. And the Joyride movie that you're talking about doesn't come out until this year. Uh-huh. So it was funny because I was like, why is he telling me to watch this? Then I noticed that the Joyride you're talking about is two words, yes. joy and then ride. Yeah. I just put Joyride one word. Ah, okay. Well, you know, now I'm curious as to see what you thought I had sent you to. So I might go watch that trailer you, later. You should, because I was so confused. I was like, what's happening here? Why are you telling me to watch this? But it looks super funny. I I think we should go see it together. I, I think it'll be hilarious. You mean joyride with two words? With two words. <laughs> <laughs> Not one word. <laughs> so for our boobas out there, boo, did you want to explain? The yeah, essentially it's um two young women who are lifelong friends and one of them is adopted and she's got white adoptive parents and the other one has got her birth parents who are Chinese mm-hmm. and so they grow up together being best friends and the adopted girl wants to go find her birth parents in China so her best friend who speaks Chinese is going to go with her and on this adventure and be her interpreter but as we saw from the trailer she interprets however she feels like saying things for her friend <laughs> and her friend don't know what she's saying <laughs> I saw something about um it was a sexual activity Something yes, about, mm-hmm. uh-huh. I said, what? <laughs> I'm sure her friend did not know that's what she was saying. <laughs> but even the beginning of the trailer, when you see them as little children, and then they go to be friends, and they the first thing they want to do is play with the slide. <laughs> why why the, did I know you were going to talk about this? Well, because I have to say, I experienced this kind of stuff growing up, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So this little white boy blocks their way, and he says, the slides are off limits to ching chongs. And that's the kind of stuff I experienced growing up, you know? And so it's just kind of but boo, flashback for me. When somebody told you something like that, did you punch them in their throat like the little girl did? <laughs> See, that's the thing. I didn't react the same. I would. I just, you know, said, no, I'm going to ride the slide anyway. But in the trailer, they, if, I'm not giving anything away because it's in the trailer, but she's like the one girl who's like the with the full-on Chinese parents is like, <laughs> F you and punches the little boy out. <laughs> I was like, she's my spirit animal. Cause she really clocked him in his throat she and I was sure laughing did. so hard. <laughs> so, um, and then, you know, all the scenes that they show in there, they look really funny. And I feel like it's not one of those movies where all the best scenes are in the trailer. It's actually going to be pretty funny all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got, it feels kind of like 
crazy rich Asians to a certain way. Um, meets um, what's that Bradley Cooper series of movies? Uh, oh, the, the, hangover. the Hangover. Yeah, it feels like The Hangover meets Crazy Rich Asians to me. Yeah, it's so, had a good feel. It looked funny. Well, and you know, API DA month. I don't know if I'm saying Apita. So Asian Pacific Islander. Desi American uh, month is coming up and maybe we should go see it as like a a nod to API DA heritage I think that would be fun that that's a good way we could celebrate it well and then the there's it's um not a well-known cast but the biggest name in there is Stephanie Sue who was nominated for an Oscar recently for as supporting actress for everything everywhere all at once Mm -hmm. um and then but it just looks like a good ensemble film and speaking of ensembles, the same with The Blackening. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you again. Because, so you know, Boo, I have not been to the movies in a long time. But mm-hmm. watching these two trailers, I'm like, maybe I should actually <laughs> go back out and get in the movies, you know, because The Blackening looked funny. Um, the first thing I saw, Yvonne Orji, she's uh-huh. in it. And so I loved her on Insecure. And for our boo-boos out there who do not know, she's also a stand-up comedian. She has a, a comedi- uh, comic special, excuse me. I think I watched it either on, I want to say Netflix or HBO Max. I don't know which one, but um, she's very funny, very talented. So I was happy to see her starring in that, in the Blackening coming out. And the first, well, the second thing. So the first thing I saw was Yvonne Orji. Uh-huh. The second thing that stood out to me when they were making uh, Kool-Aid <laughs> stereotype, <laughs> But it was the amount of sugar that they were putting <laughs> in the Kool-Aid. And I just thought of, so my nanny, may she rest in peace, but she had 12 kids, right? Uh-huh. Six boys, six girls. And that was like their main drink, either Kool-Aid or sweet tea, because you can make a lot of it and it was cheap, right? Uh-huh. Well, my nanny made her Kool-Aid with all that sugar, but also with like lemon lime soda. So, you know, the Shasta three liters (laughs) and so when I saw them making Kool-Aid I thought about Nanny's (laughs) Kool-Aid but I was laughing I said of course the trailer has to have a nod to black culture by making Kool-Aid and putting all that sugar in it well the thing is the blackening is actually an expanded version of a comedy central short that was several years ago about it was called the blackening mm-hmm. about these people who were um all, all a black cast all at a cabin getting picked off and so they've taken that and made it a movie and the funny thing is it's happening during juneteenth weekend <laughs> <laughs> and you know the and even as the trailer you know how when a trailer plays and there's words that come up on the screen mm-hmm. so this kind of was saying basically you know, how Black people die first in the movies, the, how are you going to tell who's going to die first in this movie? They are Black. <laughs> and then when they were talking about, well, the least Blackest one has to die first. <laughs> and then one of the characters, he's like, I voted for Trump twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because the, the killer tells them if they don't play this game, they, then the, he's, the he or she uh, is going to kill the friend of theirs mm-hmm. that the killer has. So they have to play the game. And the first, it looked like in the trailer, the first game they had to play was kill the person who they thought was the blackest. (laughs) (laughs) And so then everyone's going around why they're not the blackest or or why somebody else is the blackest. Mm -hmm. And then uh, one of the characters says, kill her because she says the N-word all the time. And then she says, 
N word. <laughs> <laughs> like, Mm-mm. it's like, see, we told you. <laughs> exactly. Like, you're not helping yourself, girl. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's like what they you just talked about. They got to the guy, and he says, "Well, of course." In his whitest voice, "I've never seen Friday." And then, <laughs> and I voted for Trump twice. And then they wanted to go. They were they're about to raise hands to him. <laughs> And I also can appreciate too, the trailer kind of, it dropped some gems in there because uh, one of the characters, they were also working on the game or doing the challenge or whatever. And then she says, black women got to save everyone Uh every time. And I'm like, isn't that the truth? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and if you notice when the fuse box first went out, they all went together as a group. They did not go by themselves like other horror movies. We don't play that. And then as the, I guess as the, the movie goes on and the situation gets more serious because they showed a little scene that said, everyone's like, don't say it, don't say it. And then the girl says, we have to split, split up. up. <laughs> it's like, no, because you know what's going to happen after that. So it's taking all those tropes, especially towards Black people in horror films and mm-hmm. just using it for comedy. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how gory it will be, but it doesn't look like it'll be bad. It doesn't seem that gory because even as some of the characters were getting picked off, you didn't see like gruesome blood flying and stuff yeah. like that. You it know? feels like scary movie. Yeah, yeah, kind of. So this is another one I think that we should see together. It can be like <laughs> bougie booze at the movies. There you go. <laughs> Maybe, watch out we're gonna would be the new Siskel and Ebert <laughs> why not maybe it'll be a double header can you imagine seeing two movies in one day can we handle no, it it'd be for yeah I mean I well when I was younger I could I don't know about these days I don't know if I have the patience <laughs> to say two movies unless they were both an hour and a half true yeah maybe I can do that because so. the standard length of a movie these days is two three hours so Mm-mm, I can't do it I would be knocked out <laughs> So, well, and um, something else aside from movies. So I know that you finished The Last of Us. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, without giving anything away, the finale ended just like the game. So if you play the game, you know what it is. But it essentially ends kind of in a moral dilemma mm-hmm. because the main character, Joel, he makes a choice and it's um, it leaves you at the end and a lot of people wondering, would I have done the same thing? So essentially you either, um, how do I put this without giving too much away, but (laughs) you either do something to save an individual or do something to save mankind. Hmm. And so how selfish do you want to be? It's sad. And this is kind of timely because I mean, you know, in America, we have a lot of mass shootings, right? And we've been, to trainings about mass shooting survival and things that you should do and it's sad because they tell you right that if they see somebody on the ground that's suffering like from a gunshot wound or some you know it just looks gory Uh that they can't stop to help that person because they're trying to contain the shooter right so I think also too there is like saving the larger group and sorry if a couple of people are going to lose their life in the process of trying to go after the bass shooter. So to me, this kind of sounds like the same thing. Right. I mean, it puts you in a mm, dilemma. It does. Because it's kind of like the situation also, like if you're in a room with a bunch of people hiding out from the shooter, 
and there's somebody who's like begging to be let in do you let them in it's sad but you're like they could be the shooter they could be so i'm like no you better run somewhere else (laughs) well just like where we work there are (laughs) there are lockdown buttons right that locks buildings down Mm -hmm. so you mean to tell me if the shooter is inside of a building and other people are inside of that building then those people are sacrificial lambs because they're they're locking the shooter in that's that's scary and sad (laughs) because you know that some people are going to potentially lose their lives but a greater amount of people are going to be saved that's yeah yeah, that's one way to look at it this conversation took a turn I was just trying to about talk about last event. <laughs> You're looking at me like, thank you. <laughs> but no, we can't ignore the larger problem that's happening in America. And you know, how many times does this have to happen? And people begging for gun laws to be reviewed. Yeah. And in the meantime, you know, people in power and in the government, all they care about is getting elected and mm-hmm. money, filling things to their constituents who are, you know, pro guns or. You know, it's just like, and those people who want their guns, like, can we examine why do you need it? Do you need to feel macho? I mean, people say I need it for protection, but if not anyone is allowed to have guns, what do you need it for protection for? Yeah. You know? so. I want to go hunting. I want to teach my three-year-old daughter go how to hunt a duck, <laughs> you know, so. Well, and then also while we're on this subject, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to the victims in Nashville, Tennessee, because- yeah. And that mass shooting just happened. And I mean, I pray that this eventually stops, but I think with the media coverage, it also gives people ideas and you're going to see it again without gun laws being passed. Yeah. As long as they have access to it. Yeah. So, well, um, so you're not going to tell us what happened in last of us, but so you think like for the next season, they're going to follow through. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's more loaded than that in the sense that one character, the two leads, one mm-hmm. of them had to lie to the other, and the other one knows that the other character is lying, but they know why they're lying, but it's still a betrayal of trust between the two characters. So season two is probably going to go into their relationship more, because the two main characters, Bella Ramsey and Petra Pascal's characters, they didn't start off liking each other at all, but by the end, they felt like a father-daughter to each other. Mm-hmm. And so they started to love and trust one another, and now the trust is broken. Mm. And so we as viewers are going to wait to see what happens from that. Well, while you're watching Last of Us, or finishing Last of Us, I finished Thousand Pound Sisters. <laughs> you still watching that movie? Totally different genre. <laughs> Well, well, they're they're in a world where food is still um, uh, not toxic and they can eat it. <laughs> well, it's four seasons now. I So it's kind of like I've been with them since day one. And actually, we talked about Thousand Pound Sisters on our very first episode. Yeah, very early. Um, I just wanted to say congratulations to Tammy because she's now a married woman. Hey, congratulations, she married- Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> She married, um, her husband's name is Caleb, and they met in their rehab facility, which gives me hope. <laughs> so when you go to rehab, you meet somebody? No. <laughs> boo! And I, was like, I don't plan on going to rehab. I'm just saying it gives me hope because there's somebody out there for everybody. For everyone, yeah. 
Jesus. <laughs> but I will say too, so, um, you know, season one, the two sisters, they were struggling with weight loss and um, Amy got her surgery and Tammy couldn't get her surgery because she couldn't get down to a certain weight. Mm-hmm. Well, now fast forward to season four, she finally got her surgery. She's losing all this weight. She is now married. Um, and her sister, Amy, has two sons. So it's just nice to see the progression of the family. And then they also bought in like their extended family. And to me, they're funny. They're really comical given like their health concerns and health conditions. They still try to make light of the situation. So yeah, they are hilarious. They've always been hilarious from the jump. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's kind of, they they keep you watching because of their personalities. And then they kind of suck you in because you want you root for them you do and even though tammy kept sabotaging herself you know you just like you want her to do well and be healthy but you just also want to like go up to her and slap her in the face like what are you doing girl (laughs) what are you doing well and i always thought too with so much exposure on tlc that she could hire a personal chef to cook all her meals she can hire um a personal trainer but you know maybe that was a way of prolonging the show right keeping the storyline going so um i just hope she continues to get better yeah i mean hopefully now that she has love and that was one component of it she'll work harder and and hopefully caleb her partner will work with her and for himself too because he has the same issue he does they can Um, push each other they both have traits so and i know in one of the episodes they're like where Caleb and Tammy rubbing trachs and now she's pregnant. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Because they were saying that the timing of the wedding was so quick. And so why are they trying to get married so quick? They were calling it a shotgun wedding. And they're like, she must be pregnant. And I'm just like, wow. So, but um, yeah, so they can encourage each other since they're both experiencing similar health concerns. Yeah, I think, well, getting pregnant was not a healthy option for her sister who was smaller than her and so if she's pregnant that would be really dangerous for her i think well so close to having the surgery because i think one of the rules of the surgery is like you can't get pregnant for so yeah i think her sister had to experience all that too yeah so but um yeah so that's my show thousand pound sister so i have to wait for season five because i want to see like okay so did Caleb and Amy go home out of the rehab center? And I mean, I'm sorry, Caleb and Tammy, are they out of the rehab center together, living their life happily ever after? What's going on? So. Well, I mean, we were just talking about kids. <laughs> yes. And it reminds me of this Instagram reel, maybe a TikTok, you know how they all are on both platforms. Mm-hmm. But I saw a video and it was this black gentleman looking into the computer looking at the screen while we're looking at the uh, our our phones or whatever we're looking at with to look at his video (laughs) i know i was like bear with me here (laughs) and then so anyway he's looking at us we're looking at him and and the caption says i was born in 1986 but my kids asked me if i was a slave okay first this is why critical race theory should be taught in school (laughs) I'm pretty sure they would go over the years of slavery. We're not talking about 1786, 1886. We're talking about their dad was born in 1986. And the kids are like, dad, would you a slave back then? Oh, no. That means I would have been one too, because I was born in 87. So, well, the other thing is, 
then I read the comments of that video and there's some hilarious comments from parents whose kids ask them ridiculous things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I wanted to share some of them. Like one of them said, my son asked me if I knew Jesus. <laughs> and then another person said, I showed my kids a pic of me in high school in the 90s. They said, why was it in color? Kids are so mean. I know. <laughs> Another person said, born in the 60s, my son asked me as a child if I had already invented, if they had already invented shoes or did I go barefoot? You know what? <laughs> now I'm going to go barefoot to kick you in your throat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, another girl, a lady said, my daughter asked me if back in the old days, did I use coins and bills to pay for stuff? I'm like, heck yes. Do you think we used to rocks? I'm 32. <laughs> We're martyring. Like I, I have these three A's. Can I get a cup of sugar, please? <laughs> and then this person said, when my daughter was little, she asked if everything was black and white when I was young. Not the TV, the whole world. <laughs> like we are not colorblind here, okay? <laughs> wow. You know, I, I kind of had a moment where I felt a, a little seasoned. Uh-huh. Um, so two of my former student assistants are now professional staff here on campus. And I still see them from time to time. Well, one of them sent me a message on Teams. He was like, I know, you know, you've, you've been here for a long time, so you'll probably know. It was almost like, you know, let me reference the dictionary or something. Uh. Let me reference the, the, the wise person. Let me reference the old fossil who's been around here. And I was so happy to help him and I was happy to hear from him, but it was, it's funny because it's like, you know, I'm not that old, right? So (laughs) like you you said, you're seasoned and experienced. Seasoned. I like that seasoned and experienced. Well, you know, what's funny because, you know, boo, like our conversations now that we are seasoned and talk about like retirement and things like that. Look at that. (laughs) So this morning I was talking to my older sister and I was like, yeah, in two months, I'll have exactly 15 years. All I got is 15 more years till 30 years of service. And I've done my time, <laughs> which I'll still be young yeah. in 15 years. But I can't believe the time has passed so quickly. Same for me. I'm, I have much less time than you. <laughs> so then we can, we can be full-time podcasters. Can you imagine yeah, the, 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 our booze will be like, well, they'll actually put stuff out regularly and on time. Why are you shading yourself? Well, because my mic almost fell, boo. <laughs> Two episodes per week. That'd be a lot of work. But I guess- well, if we I mean, retired, if we were retired, then what's that? So, yeah, but that would just be our job, our full-time job. Like my, my retired parents, the only worry they have in their life right now is like, what are we going to eat today? So. <laughs> love it but I I wanted to share a few more of the comments that people put on there that I thought were funny and hopefully our listeners think are funny too Mm -hmm. um when my seven-year-old asked what the year what year I was born I told him 1981 he said dang you were born in the 1900s (laughs) like that was not that long ago (laughs) yeah but you know 2000 babies Um, I have a landline phone and it was ringing. I asked my grandchild to answer the phone and he asked, how do I answer it? Did you pick it up? Yeah. Well, you know, that's yeah. the thing. Like 
stu- the, our students, our children, they mm-hmm. don't have a concept of what landlines are for the most part. Everything is cellular phones. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm seasoned because I said cellular. <laughs> <laughs> Cell. <laughs> well, I know. I say, I, you know, what, what would you say? Like, well, I think kids today just say phone because there is no difference. True. But, um, but you could, because then even as a, adults, we are at our age, there is a difference because we knew what kind of phones there were as they started and changed. Mm-hmm. Cellular, mobile, smartphones, which we primarily use now. Mm-hmm. But the kids today would just say phones. Phones, because yeah, that's so. all they know. So um, all I know they we know sound is like fossils already ourselves. So. They only know touch screens. They that don't know too. the actual buttons you have to push or the rotary phone. Mm-hmm. I remember rotary phones. Me too. We had one in my house growing up. <laughs> okay, so this one says. I once asked my, it's a little story. I once asked my daughter to call and check the balance on a gift card. I have to do this for my mom, by the way. My mom asked me to do the same thing while I was driving. She hung up and asked how much was on it. And I asked how much was on it. She said, I don't know. And I asked why. She said she hung up because they asked her to hit the pound sign and she didn't know what that was. Oh my God. And so that's, I've had that issue where I'll say pound sign to a student and they don't know what that is. And it's a hashtag. So if you say hashtag, they're like, why did you just say that? Because it's called a pound sign. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And things that simple, we like, it comes like second nature to us, you know, we're like, well, we know what that is, but yeah, students or students, children Children. (laughs) born in 2000s or later, the lost art lost form of communication so well i mean there's so many things that were so commonplace to us that if the students i keep saying students too (laughs) if the children look at it they don't know what that is like it's crazy to me that kids today don't know what cassette tapes are you know like i can remember when i had to use a pencil to rewind it (laughs) or when it got chewed up you'd be like oh no and you pull it out my favorite tape (laughs) with your fist up to the air why (laughs) and then that and even with cdrs like when they got scratched up and a a song skipped but now with streaming you don't have to worry about that no oh wow Mm. wow we came a long way we sure did you know i i kind of think of it as like our parent like because i was just talking with my father about this he was there when they first introduced the tv and what did he think? Like, oh my God, we're living in the future. Basically, like, you know, like it was a wondrous invention. Like, how can they do this? What kind of technology or wizardry was this? You mm-hmm. know. So and I'm sure then he was there if he was there for the TV when they went to color. Like, whoa. You know? And then when they actually and now because I remember being the remote for my dad, go change the channel. <laughs> think every cue <laughs> yeah exactly what before remotes but then the, he was there when they invented the remote and then he's seen like phone technology change even more drastically than we have like your parents saw that too you know mm-hmm. or car technology well we've seen phone technology change because i think so my first ever phone was like a nokia i don't know the model number mm-hmm. but it had the snake game on it <laughs> I do remember that. And I had an orange Nokia phone, and then they went to flip phones, and you thought like you were hot stuff. We had a flip phone, and so I've seen, I've seen it. Oh, you made me have fond memories of how my phone had the landmine game on it. <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> I think those were like the two 
main games, right? Mm-hmm. Snake and, and Landmine. Yeah. So, oh, simpler times. They were. <laughs> so, well, before we get out of here, um, I did want to shout out Kingston, Jamaica. I do see y'all listening. Oh, hey. They, they you, are supporting. I love it. So um, maybe they really liked my review of the Bob Marley experience a couple yeah. weeks ago. So, but maybe I, that, that they love that we love oxtail. <laughs> hey, reggae, <laughs> oxtail, Bob Marley. So, see y'all. Thank you so much for your support. And then, guess who else tapped in? That I was Ooh. really excited to see. I New York know. City. Hey, bum, tell bum, me, bum, NYC hadn't already been listening to us? No, they hadn't. It was surrounding cities, uh-huh. but not New York City itself. So I was really excited. My eyes lit up. I was like, oh my God, New York City. So maybe one day we'll be recording from New York City. <laughs> In we'll- Rockefeller Center. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just exciting to see everyone listening and tapping into Bougie Boos. We appreciate y'all. We do. So, Thank you, everyone. Yes. Anything else before we get out of here, Boo? Nope, that's it. You need to go and get some coffee. I do. <laughs> I, I really wanted that for you this whole time. So thank you for being a trooper. <laughs> thank you, Boo. Well, Boos, until next time, be bougie. And remember, you ain't got to be bougie if you stay bougie. Bye. Bye.